Hello everybody and welcome back to the Biff Rugby League podcast. It's episode two of season two. Um, Toby's not here tonight, unfortunately he's got work really early in the morning. However, to- uh, Robin, you're, you're with me and we're going to talk Hello. a bit of Challenge Cup first round, a little bit of Brody Croft eight-year deal. Mm. And, but we want to talk about championship attendances first off. But before, before we get into that, thank you for allowing me to stay over in your place this weekend. We, um, yes. we well, I say we enjoyed. I enjoyed watching Witness versus York. But <laughs> what was your take? Was what was your take yeah, what was your take on on that game as a, as a York fan? Like that, that's quite a nice question to start with, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, I think it was quite a competitive match, wasn't it? Um, and like we we expect York and Witness to be around about the same place in the table, so it did hurt a little bit more that they lost because I think that that might come back to bite them later in the year, but. Yeah, it was like reasonably positive signs. I think, really, the thing that was most frustrating is that like York kind of strangled themselves into a loss. I think they made a lot of mistakes, and um, they kind of refused to use their uh, their left edge. They had the two two youngsters, AJ Pouse and Miles Harrison, at uh, winger and centre respectively, and I think they just sort of tried to run everything down the other side where they had um, Glover and Brown, who were like the established winger and centre partnerships. So. Yeah, interesting to see. But I was I was impressed with um, the new signings, uh, James Cunningham and the uh, fuck it, his name. Da- uh, da- Daly, yeah, Daly that came on for Daly. him. They both looked quite yeah. good, didn't they? They did. They did look really good, and they they were like really um, like getting lot loads of time on the ball, really organising things well, and it added a bit of um, like consistency, just like cons- like steady go forward, like the kind of momentum that results in points so that was really positive to see like considering their two new new signings for the year but yeah, yeah a little bit of disappointing the result but i think we had, we had a good day out anyway didn't we yeah it was a good day and it was a, it's certainly a very a very good evening as well um let's let's you know what let's crack straight on um champ we we planned all week we were like yeah let's do super league preview because you know big week super league starting this weekend looked on super league website i was like you don't start till next week um and then we were like, "What should we do?" And then you thought, "Championship attendance has caught your eye this weekend." What 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 was it about? Which obviously, let's let's ignore Swinton for a little bit, like because that's obviously a big. Well, I don't know if you want to go or you want to start with it. It was the lowest one of the weekend. Well, from the from the from the Sunday fixtures, wasn't it? Because this is not including Featherstone's game from, from Monday yeah, night because we don't we don't have the we don't have the the, the attendance from that game. But yeah. those six games on Sunday and well. And a game from Saturday. They were they were good, average yeah, attendance. Really strong for the first game of the year, and um, yeah, like you said, Swindon Newcastle only eight hundred seventy-seven at that one, which is not not fantastic. But um, an average over uh, overall six of two thousand three hundred. So I think that's that's a, a pretty good sign. And I saw a lot of build up in the week. Bradford were trying to really um, promote. Trying to go for like a, a world record or something, the most, the highest attendance for a first round championship game, which I'm assuming they didn't get you know, anything about it afterwards. But they still managed to almost get 5,000 people there um, on, on like a cold weekend in February. I think that's um, that's really that's really good to see. I was, I was, I'm pleased with that. Hopefully it rolls on all year. Yeah, and that's, that's what I was going to ask you. We hope we sit here and we go, oh, really, really good. Well done to those clubs that have got high attendances. Obviously, you hope Swinton get a few more when they've got some games coming up later in the year. 
Yeah. Is this more of a sign of actually there wasn't actually there wasn't any other rugby league on this? There was obviously some friendlies on. Yeah. But they're not Super League games either. They're not first team players. They're not. There was a lot of rotated squads out this week, and maybe fans knew that, so they went and watched. They went to see their family and went and watched like their second team, or they second went to watch team. a different game in a different league because their favorite players on loan or something like that. Do you know what I mean? Like there's so many yeah, different it reasons. Could be. But I think, like, just speaking to just, like, rugby league fans in general, like, everyone's really hungry after the World Cup. I think, mm. it, like, it's a shorter pre-season than most because they had the World Cup on, but everyone's still, like, desperate for it to come back. And so I think there's just this, like, hunger for, like, oh, there's finally the rugby, rugby league on this weekend. I'm going to get out and go and see it. So it might it might be, um, that's, that's one of the causes as well. Yeah, definitely. I'm really looking forward to seeing sort of who can get the big attendances this weekend and I mean I'm looking at the fixtures now for Sunday and I'm looking Featherstone versus Halifax that's going to be quite a nice game Monday yeah. night you've got York versus Bradford I think Monday nights always seem to get a little bit less because of everyone's got work the next day and nobody yeah. really likes to go and have a drink on a Monday night especially that time but there's two big Yorkshire derbies there um, Widnes have got Keithley I think that's going to be a nice game Keithley didn't look amazing last night against Featherstone but I don't know if that said more about Fever than it did about Keithley. But, but Witness, again, they didn't look amazing against York, but they just did enough, didn't yeah. they, and, and when, when it mattered most. So there's plenty of good games to look forward to, and we really hope that those attendances sort of catch the eye again this week. Um, something that's caught my eye this week, though, Brodie Croft, Salford to the NRL. Apparently a six-figure offer was rejected from Salford the other week. They said we want yeah. a quarter of a million pound. Clubs went no, and then Brody Croft has decided actually I want to stay at Salford, and he signed a new deal until twenty thirty. This is an eight year deal. This the Salford have never. I don't think I've seen a, a deal this large since Cal Malolo got that ten year deal at yeah. North Queensland back in what was it 2015, 2014? Yeah, it was a that was a monster as well, wasn't it? I, that I'm was a ten million of... pound deal, I think, wasn't it? For over yeah, ten I years. Mean, what, what what do you think? Like I'm kind of not sure which way to to go with it. I don't know whether they've like sort of tied themselves in and they might come to regret it, or if it's a really smart piece of business to take on a a man of steel and get him to commit to such a long time. I, I don't know. What do you think? I think I'm looking at this. I'm going. Okay, they've got their man. They know that even if no one else wants this man, they've got their star halfback for the next eight years. Brody yeah. Croft is. He's 25. Oh, he's, tw- he's 25, 8 years, 33. So he's in the prime, isn't he? He's just coming into yeah. the right age of his career. He's got the experience in the NRL. He's played for the Storm. He's played for the Broncos. He's exactly he's, he's 11 months. Do you know what I mean? This really this makes me feel sick, by the way. He is <laughs> he is not even a year older than me. He's yeah. less than a year yeah. older and it makes me sick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I am a little bit because this man's won a man of steel. At the age of 25 and like yeah, yeah it's i think it's good for salford because they've got their man and they know that their man will be there and it but if he wants but if he wants to leave it's either going to cost him a lot of money or it's going to cost other clubs a lot of money as well that's a good point and i think i think this is great business for salford and I, you know what i actually think it's great for Brodie croft as well because if teams want him it means he's, he's playing really well and he's worth the money that teams will want him for if an NRL if an NRL club halfway through the season needs a halfback and Brodie Croft is more than on his way to matching last year's record I think he goes and they pay big money for him 
or he has a loan, but or he just goes out on loan to the NRL for a year in a big loan move. Do you know what I mean? Because that's a big contract to try and break, and I'm I'm really excited, and I think this shows that Salford are not messing about. Yeah, and like we we also saw that they managed to like keep hold of Tim Lafay that had like an amazing World Cup. Yeah, and um, you know after a, an interview with you, it went viral that he might be going down to the NRL. So <laughs> I wouldn't have said viral, but yeah. <laughs> You brought that. You brought that news story to uh, the world. All right, I did that. Okay, I let you off. Um, but now this is this is a really nice team. I mean, yeah. apart so from I think Salford, I think Salford. Uh, it's a good sign when you can retain a man of steel on a on a unheard of deal. Yeah. And there's other players around the club that are hot property and they're wanting to stay. I think it's a really good sign. I think this is a really strong Salford side. I mean, we'll get into it a lot more next week. But you yeah. one to okay two, you going. Numbers two, three, four, and five, and six have all got NRL experience. Yeah. Like yeah. CO through to Croft, all got NRL experience. Shane Wright, NRL experience. King Vinayawa, NRL experience. Goes through in the list. Dan Sargentson, does he play over in the NRL for a bit? He played over at um, Gold Coast Titans. He, he's yeah, got he's NRL experience. Yeah. Sam Stone, NRL experience. There is some. Um, talent in this team that played in the NRL but there's also some players like James Greenwood, Andy Ackers, Ryan Brilly, Oliver Partington, Chris uh, Chris Aitken, Andrew Dixon, these players that are they just give you exactly what you're looking for and I think Paul Rowley if he can not coach like he coached at Lee this is a very very good team yeah, if this team I, starts playing like Lee used to play they're going to struggle and they're going to get exposed but I like this team I, I'm, there's things about it I quite like as well. I like the balance in in the backs, and um, I think it's quite cool that when you look at that spine of um, Brearley, Croft, Sneed, and Ackers, that's quite a nice combination. There's quite a lot of um, you know good good ball players and organisers and tough defenders. It's just a, a nice team, isn't it? So yeah. yeah, I just the only thing, the only thing that I, it's just the pessimist in me just thinks. You've you've like committed to your marquee signing for the next eight years. That's um, it's big, isn't it? It's very tying. It is very tying, and he could get injured next week. Do you know what I mean? And could then, you imagine that? Would, oh, you've just jinxed it. All the whole yeah. fans are going. If he breaks your leg, we're we're going to come. Like, we're going to come and send it now. They're going to be walking down your. Well, they're going to walk from the train station to, with pitchforks. <laughs> You know? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't describe it in any way. But no, that is. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. It's high, high risk, and I get you. If you, if you um, wanna wanna make big moves, you've you've got to be, you know, you've got to go for it, and you've got to like back your strength and conditioning, and they'll they'll know Croft inside out because he's been there for a few years now, so they'll know what he's. No, he's only been there a season. He's only been there a season, but he's had two <laughs> pre-seasons now, so they're going to have a quite a good forecast for his yeah, fitness. Yeah, it's a really good... You know what I mean? Stuff like that. It's a really good signing for them, and, I, and I'm really looking forward to see how that one plays out. It's a massive weekend in the community game this weekend, isn't it, Robin? Yeah. It's, it's a huge it's game. Um, I wrote an article, which it will be one of the ones you can read on the website for those, like if you want to go back and read it. We're still having a few technical issues. We, like we said, mentioned last week, we will get it up as soon as we can. Um, and when I wrote this article, it had only been 60 days since the World Cup final, which is mental. Um, 
But I was at the Challenge Cup first and second round draws, met Kai Pierce-Paul, met Ebony Partington, met Tanya Arnold, and I was stunned by how this how it all works. Like, the, the, the fact that one of the games that was one of the first teams pulled out in the um, rehearsal was Ronda Outlaws. They got a home tie against a, a team that they reckon they could beat, and then they were looking at the team they actually got, and then it was an away game like in West Hull or something and it was like bloody hell lads like you couldn't have made it any more difficult for them um, we're going to go through the games in alphabetical order mainly because we start with a cracker and we end with a cracker um, and therefore we've got some absolutely stunt, amazing games in between to kind of talk about there's a few that I think will be a bit one-sided as there is in most cup games but looking at some of these games I am just I'm tingling I'm just excited, and I'm going to be at one of them. And the first—it's the first one we're going to talk about: Brentwood Eels versus Bedford Tigers, two Southern Conference League sides head to head. It's the two teams from the East of England region, and it's the first time two teams from the East of England will have met in the Challenge Cup. Both of these teams play in the same league, and every game between these two sides brings plenty of drama. Um, quick side note: the last game between these two sides in Brentwood ended less than an hour into the game because every, pretty much every single player on the pitch wanted to get into a fight, as did some of the crowd. So I'm so glad the referees will be wearing cameras this week. Um, the Eels beat Bedford twice in 2022, um, with neither team really wanting a repeat of the game at Old Brentwood's club that turned into a little bit of a farce. But new head coach at Bedford Tigers under Gaz Barron, who we'll, we'll speak to in a minute. But what what the thing for me is that the Eels have produced a number of exciting young players. Tommy Porter now plays his at Rochdale Hornets, whereas Bedford is home to former League One player Josh Spearing, who's played at Hemel and London Scholars, um, and they're also home to the Nigeria international Isa Lawa Su Lawa. I can never say his name right, and I'm so sorry. I just call him Isa normally, so saying his last name is a bit unusual for me. Um, so if you're in the area, get to this game. It's a cracking game. The teams have played each other plenty of times over the last ten years or so, and we're really, I'm really, really excited. Like you could ask me anything you want about this game. This is my game of the round. This is your um, special knowledge subject. I, I like the <laughs> I like the sound of this this game because I think what's cool about the world, the um, Challenge Cup is that it like brings together teams from different leagues. But yeah. there's also something really exciting about these two teams that really know each other inside out coming up at, against each other first round of the season. So they've had all these weeks to prepare for it, and now they've got a try and you know everything's on the line and they've got to try and beat each other with all that history you say so yeah yeah that's exciting yeah it's i'm really really excited and i was lucky enough to speak to new head coach of the bedford tigers uh, gaz baron this afternoon hello gaz thank you for meeting me this afternoon obviously only one proper session left before the weekend how, how have things been been going um yeah um Thank you for having me on, firstly, just to start with. Um, yeah, training's been good. Um, the, I'm added to the coaching staff this year and brought in some uh, some vast experience who are, are there to assist me. So, so far, we're, we're, we're doing well. Um, numbers are very good and we're very excited to see what those people can transfer to the field. So, yeah, all good so far. That's good to hear. Um, obviously... Brentwood, known rivals, known known in the league for, for Bedford. It's your first year as head coach. Are you hoping for 
not, I would say, obviously, we, we are hoping for improvements as, as a club, but are you hoping for a little bit of a better attitude compared to the last time Bedford visited uh, Essex? Um, I've, I've known um, Brentwood for a long, long time as a team, and I know the coach uh, reasonably well. Um, they're always a tough opponent, no matter what level they are. Um, not what, what level they're playing at, they're always uh, they're always ready and very well prepared to take on anybody. Um, last year, the results, both home and away, weren't as we'd hoped. But we've done a lot of soul searching, a lot of um, speaking to the team uh, about what went wrong last year, and there was a, a lot of problems with our attitude towards games. Uh, hopefully, that's improved, and I I can. Honestly, say we've seen a vast improvement over the past three weeks leading up to the game in such a short turnaround. Uh, but I think we'll be as well prepared as Brentwood will be. Uh, but we'll be going in with a renewed attitude and a renewed belief that uh, when we play this game correctly, we play it to the utmost of our ability and hopefully we'll come away with the result we want. Yeah, and of those players that you've seen that change in attitude in and, and some of those new players as well, who, who sticks out? For you, in terms of who who's going to be like leading the front, who's going to be the guy that you're relying on to rally the troops on the field if things are looking to slip down that slippery slope that we know that can happen for teams. Um, I think across the board, everybody stepped up. Uh, everybody wants to play in this game and wants to play in the forthcoming season. Uh, there's obviously there's there's, there's players like Josh Spearin, uh, Sam Richbell who bring experience to the to the team and can get us around the park. And they've just gone another level um, with regards to how they're training, um, how their their attitude towards the team has, has improved utmost from last year. Uh, it, it's, it's really, there's a really good feeling around the team at the moment. Everybody's bought into the idea that, that I've brought across this year. And uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's a lot of positives. Um, to the extent that guys are now doing extras outside of training. Uh, I just, as a team, we've improved even in the short space of time that I've had them back in training. So there's um, there's definitely a, a better feel to the team this year than there was towards the back end of last year, especially when um, Brent, we went to Brentwood and they came to us and, and they got the result that they wanted, which uh, stopped our season dead in its tracks, to be honest. So... Uh, we're not. We're obviously we're we're preparing the the highlight being the Challenge Cup, and we're preparing for the the forthcoming season and looking at the long game. But the the attitude has just been second to none. I couldn't ask for anything more. They've they've done everything I've asked for, and and they're buying into the the processes and the the way I want to play. So we just hopefully continue that on. Obviously, the Challenge Cup is a big thing. Everybody who plays rugby league wants to play in the Challenge Cup, and I know. That I've had my experience in that, and it's uh, my first year as as coaching as a head coach of the, in the Challenge Cup. So it's it's a exciting time for me, and and other lads are feeling the same at the moment. So, and on a like you said on a personal level, your first year as head coach in a Challenge Cup environment. This game is a fifty fifty game, isn't it? It's for the neutral. It's you look at that game and you go, I'm not really sure which team will win because there's so much history. There's so much. It's just so level in terms of the quality of player that each team has got. Do you think if, and personally, you know what I think the result will be because we've had this discussion. 
do you think you can you'll be playing at home in two weeks time and potentially could you could you surprise the Hornets at home in two weeks and be a third round team? Um, obviously we, if you're going up for results last season, we're the underdogs in this one. But everybody everybody loves a, a Challenge Cup underdog story. Uh, Brentwood will be prepared and do have the um, do have the upper hand on us. The fact that they turned us over twice last year, home and away. Um, <laughs> I don't want to be a fan sitter on this one. <laughs> Uh, but to get into the second round and to play an established amateur side like Ross Brown was would be a, a dream come true for us, especially at home. I think if ever if we stick to our procedures and stick to our game plan, we've got every chance of getting into that second round. But if you look at the rest of the fixtures in the Challenge Cup, I think a lot of people would look at this fixture and say, well, it's more an advertisement for the uh, Southern Conference League than, than anything else because you can come and see two teams that are going to be going tour to tour during the season um, fight it out in the first game so it's it, it is a wonderful advertisement for the game that we've got down here because it will be a competitive game and it will be well the winner gets the next round so it, it, you have to you can't take away from the Challenge Cup and, and the fact that it is knockout rugby league which is you, you're done after this if you don't get the result you need uh, so and that, uh, any player and any coach will always say knockout rugby league is the best kind of rugby league. So You mentioned that this is a game between two Southern Conference League sides. There's another one this weekend between London Chargers and North Hearts Crusaders. Quickly, I'm speaking to, I'll, we'll be speaking to Adam Naylor just after you um, this, this, after this evening. What message have you got for either of those sides? And if you had to pick the winner... Who, who are you hoping is the team that pushes through to the next round? So, uh, historically, you'd have to go with Chargers. They haven't played them last year and, and and you know what they've got in in their in their arsenal. They can attack you from anywhere on the field um, and defensively, they're, they're strong. I know that um, Adam and his, uh, the team at North Hearts will be prepared for this. Um, so, my, my head's going... My head scoring charges on this one, uh, and I know that might upset Adam, and I'd probably get a, a message from him down the line. But they, they it, again, it comes down to Cup Rugby, who's better prepared for it. Sometimes charges can get caught out in the fact that they're not prepared, um, and I know that for a fact that North Hearts will be. So there could be a, a cup upset, and I'm not going to predict them because I'm usually wrong, horribly wrong at these, at these kind of things. So, no, I, I wish both sides the best. And again, it's a great advertisement for for uh, rugby league down here. Uh, and, yeah, that's where my head's going charges. I'd like to see North Hearts pull off a result, but I just think that they're going to be, um, charges are just going to be too strong on this occasion. I'll, um, I'll let him know later on and see what, see what his reply is and expect a text maybe this evening. <laughs> no, no doubt I will get one back as, uh, this evening. So, so yeah, but uh, Adam will have them ready. Uh, I know his coaching staff are, uh, are experienced and they'll be prepared for this as well. Yeah, they will. They certainly will. Uh, Gaz, thank you very much for joining me. I'll let you get back to work so you don't get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for your time. Speak Take to you thank you. Yes, bye. That was Gaz Barron there, Bedford Tigers. Obviously, he is very, he's very diplomatic, is Gaz. I know him personally through my links with the club. I speak to him pretty much. I speak to him on the phone at least three times a week. And he's always asking me questions. He wants the inside knowledge from 
for the RFL Youth Board meetings. He wants the inside knowledge from what we want on the podcast, and he, lis- he listens, which is quite nice as well. So he was a bit disappointed that we predicted Newcastle thirteenth last week, um, and he, he let me know. About, he, he let me know about that, but you know, um, what did you make of what he had to say, Robin? Yeah, I like you said. Uh, very diplomatic because you asked him well key players and he was just like everyone <laughs> you can tell he's just like got his guys back done he did mention a few guys you know like you said Josh Spearing um, but I noticed he said it's his um, like first year as, as head coach so is, has he been involved with the club for long or is he just sort of yeah so he, he joined I think he joined 2020 which was Covid year and he was due to be mm. assistant that year obviously no season and then um or was it 2021 we had no season? I can't remember. The, no, 2020 was the year of no season. 2021, unfortunately, yeah. he had a bit of work, so he couldn't really be around. And he was around a little bit more last year. Um, but with the with the departure of Pat Wilson, who moved away from the area, we, we approached Gaz, and Gaz came on board, and he was really happy. And as someone who's been to the training sessions in a media, in a, like, through media, and I've seen the attitude of some of these players, like you said, these lads are doing extras at training before training actually starts. Lads are getting there and doing specific things to improve their skills before training and they're chatting to each other after training they're listening to Gaz they're listening to Matt and it, it's it, it's just it's for me I'm excited I feel like I can't really speak about this game in a in a neutral way because I'm I really think that Bedford can go here and we can get the win and like but I also know that Brentwood are really difficult to beat like so we and I think he did, the, say, he did say yeah. the underdogs as well like he's, yeah we are we go into this game yeah. underdogs and but in my head I'm thinking we can go in there and we can do what Fev did to Keefley but I know that that's going to be a massive ask but I also know that we can go there and this game will go this game will be 80 minutes and you won't be able to tell who's won the game until the 80th minute because someone will get a penalty and kick it like it, there's so like if you if you're not if you're in the area and you can get to this game watch it it's going to be one of the most exciting and explosive games of rugby league I think anyone will see, and it will, sh- and it will just be a massive, massive like advert for the game in the south of England. Like, like I've yeah. already mentioned, Brentwood have had players go through and play for Broncos, playing in League One, playing in the Championship because their their academy system is phenomenal. Uh, their head coach spoke to BBC Essex, I think, earlier today, and I'll, I'll take something that he said here, and this is what stood out for me: they finished third in the SEO last season, their first season in the competition, with an 85 to 90% homegrown squad. Um, there are only t- there were only two out of their 22-man squad that haven't come through the club system. And some of the first-team players have been with them since 2009-2010, but they're only between the ages of 21 and 25, and they're their most experienced lads. Like, that's... They're such a young team, but they're also so experienced, and they've all been... They've always played together. Like, same coaching staff, same players, same group. Like it's just a really, really solid team. Like, I, I don't know. I don't really know how else you can describe them as a club. I just, they're a really, really good club. But for me, I I really don't want them to win. Like if they were playing someone else, I'd be all over it. I'd be like, yeah, go on, Brentwood, go on, like get get into the second round. But because we're playing them, they could screw themselves. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I just want us to win. Um, but we should. We need to move on because there's so many other games to talk about. Um, British Army versus Ashton Bears up next. This is this is a tough one for me. Mm. Um, the Army are going to have a few recognisable names that we know. They've had a disappointing inter services cup, but Ashton Bears went unbeaten in the Northwest Men's League campaign and they finished 12 points ahead of anyone else in that division. But they have got to travel 220 miles from Wigan to Aldershot. Like, 
what? And there's a League One side in Dewsbury Rams to go up against them if they win. Like, whoever wins this game is not going to want to go and play Dewsbury or Rams. Yeah, it's quite a jump up, isn't it? I think it'll be interesting to see the army because, like, I think what I've learned since you know since we've been doing this podcast and you've got a, a lot more knowledge on this is that all these um, like forces teams, it really depends on who's who's so, like selectable, who's available on the day. Hundred percent. So, um, I guess Ashton will be hoping that they they get the um, the second rate team and <laughs> jump straight up to the next round to take on the Dewsbury Rams, which is crazy. I mean, imagine, imagine that, that's such a attractive prospect if you're a young player that, you know, you get a chance to test yourself against a League One side. That would be so cool. Yeah, it, it, it's a massive ask. I mean, e- neither of these teams are probably going to get past the second round because even though Dewsbury are a League One team, they finished, they, they got relegated last year. It's tough to beat any, any side in that level. And yeah, what makes it worse is, I think that what makes, what could help them is that the fact that this game will be at home the second round tie will be at home for these winners. Same with Brentwood and Bedford. Like they've got Wathbrow Hornets in the second round in the NCL Premier Division side, and they but they've got to travel between five and a half to eight hours to one of those sides. Like the travel does take a lot out of their legs. Um, yeah. But the next game is one that there isn't a lot of travel involved. Distington, who a club close to Bedford played Distington in 2020, really friendly team. They are one of the most off the pitch. They will treat you so well, but on the pitch it's heavy. It, if it's raining, it's going to be horrible, and Oral St James will struggle. Like they will, I think they'll struggle on this pitch because Distanton will make it as uncomfortable as possible. The second best team in the Northwest Men's League against the champions of the Cumberland Division. But I think Distanton are favourites going into this one. But like you said, I don't, I don't really know what else we can talk about in some of these games. We're just not sort of racking through them. I mean, you've got the article yeah. in front of you as well, so feel free to take the next couple away from me. I don't want to. I don't want the whole podcast to be my voice this time. <laughs> so the next one we've got is um, Doncaster Tobar versus another Forces side in uh, the Royal Air Force. Um, so again, we've got that thing where it just depends who's available, um, but they'll hope that they can pull a, pull um, upon some of the players which um, helped them defeat the RAF uh, back in October. Um, so making their debut in the competition led by Don Riley and Mitch Garrity, hoping to make the second round for the first time last game. Um, but they will miss Kieran Lawton after his move to Hunslet. So another one where we've got just quite a few unknowns going into this one, but another tasty tie. Yeah, 100%. The Yorkshire Men's League runners-up, Yorkshire Men's League Cup champions, playing at home. The Royal Air Force have got have, haven't got a long way to travel. It's quite a nice, it's not a horrible journey, it's quite a nice journey and a, they'll probably all travel up together but Kieran Lawton's moved to Hunslet. He was one of Doncaster's best players last year and it's how you replace someone like that who's gone into League One and unless they're like dual edge or however they, they might loan him out or whatever, they might be able to do something that gets him to play because Doncaster will, will wish they had him in this one. Yeah. Uh, the next game is the BBC game, and I don't I don't know how excited you are, but I'm really excited for this one. There's an international playing for Edinburgh, like that's ridiculous. This Edinburgh captain is Scotland international. That's crazy. Who's who's that then? Uh, Lewis Clark. He was in the Scotland squad for the Rugby League World Cup this year. I don't know if he played, um, but from Manchester to Edinburgh, that's a long way for Saddlewood Rangers to go. And oh, I'm really like I said for, with with Thato Heath at home in the next round it's like for either of these teams it's a big game 
but it's a game that they probably don't want to do at this early in the season because they know that the club, club like Tatoeith are going to be all over them, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, York, like York Acorn, they made the trip up there last year and they actually did manage to defeat um, Edinburgh. So it's doable. It is doable. But I think, like you say, um, Edinburgh will be able to sort of, with, with the BBC behind them, I imagine yeah. that there'll be a few more people down there and it'll just make it that little bit tougher for Saddleworth. Yeah, and um, it's, it's it's a it's just a trek. It's just a, I think the travel. Like I said, I just can't get the travel out of my head on a lot of these games. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. I'm definitely going to tune into this one though because I'll be going to this. Well, we'll talk about it in a bit, but I'll be going to a game on Sunday. So I'm glad that this one is on the Saturday and on TV, so I can catch them both. Yeah, like we. I think you and me, like I said, I'll be at a game on Saturday in media mm. capacity. Um, but you're going to head to a game that we'll get into later on 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 the Sunday locally to you and it is coming up we're not far away from it we've i think we've got a one-sided game coming up next featherstone line against the gb police it's a gb police side that doesn't necessarily perform very well anyway but yeah. featherstone lines are a very very well i say they're a very strong team they finished ninth in the ncl division one but when it comes to cup they usually quite do reasonably well in a cup yeah Feathers is just like a proper rugby league town isn't it so yeah. um and again, against it's, it's again a service side that's a little bit um, of an unknown, a little bit inconsistent. I do think that that's going to be a one-sided fixture. Yeah, it's it's going to be very very interesting. I'll let you do about. I'll let you sort of introduce the next one and, and sort of mention sort of how who these teams are and why why this game would be would be diff- it's, it's tough to read again, but I think it's also another kind of one-sided game in in terms of the way we're seeing it. Yeah, so this is Bryston Warriors versus Thornhill Trojans. Um, Bryston, they finished fourth in the Yorkshire Men's League uh, and didn't win anything in 2022, um, but will be hoping to call upon a successful 2014 season when they reach the third round uh, with big victories. So um, Thornhill, will, on the other hand, they'll be hoping they, they don't get beaten since they're uh, in the NCL Premier Division, so they don't want to be being by a lower level opponent um yeah so hopefully they'll be they'll be wanting to breeze past bryston in this game but i i've played at bryston in, in my amateur days and i know that it's um that it's a tough place to play they're, they're a, a tough bunch of people uh, on the outskirts of leeds so yeah it should be a, a bruising match okay i would love those i love a bruising game i think this game is being played on the oh no, this game is also being played on the on the um the Saturday. There's, most of these games are being played, but there's only two Sunday games, which is a little bit disappointing. But I think it um shows that that's when rugby league really should be played. The next one for me, I think, is massive. It's th- this is how I described it as this this game I was hoped was played on a Sunday, but it's not. It's going to be a Saturday because I would have got to yeah. this one. The Irish League champions face the inaugural Southern League Conference champions, but. Hammersmith come off a really disappointing 2022 season where they finished bottom of the table. Um, Jesse Enright, Blaise Lomax and Bradley Simpson will play expansive rugby league for the hosts, whereas Liam Gaffney, Polly Tolofa and Alex Duff will be so physical up front for the Dublin City Exiles. This is this is massive. It's London versus Dublin. It, well, I say it's London versus Dublin. It's Australian London versus Dublin. It's yeah. Australian Dublin versus Australian London. It's it's England versus Ireland, but it's also Australia versus Australia. 
both of these started formed by Australian expats moving to their respective countries. I think this is a this is this 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 game just has so many stories behind it, and I don't mind who gets through this game because this is going to be a cracker. And I'm gutted this is not on TV for to, for people to watch because I think this would have been a phenomenal game. But Distington or Oral St James await, so a very very winnable second round tie for either of these teams. I think. Yeah, definitely. A, a Dublin is this the first time they've been in the Challenge Cup? No, they played. They I think they've been in it a couple of times now. But last yeah. year they played their they got a home draw, home t- tie but they had to play it in Liverpool just because oh, of travel restrictions. Yeah. But I really hope they get it's a home tie and they're allowed to play in Dublin. That would be cool. I remember when you were down there, me and me and Toby winding you up saying that you're gonna draw Dublin away. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want Dublin away because we wouldn't have actually been able to go. I don't think, yeah. which is a problem. Um, talking of games, we wish we were on a Sunday. The next one is on the Sunday, and it's the one you said you were gonna go to. Are you looking? Yeah. You're looking forward to going to this one, aren't you? I really am. Like I, this, Hewlett is where I played my rugby league growing up as a kid. So obviously they're like my um, my first ever team. So I'm gonna want them to beat Alton. And again, Alton is a, a reasonably local team. So that just adds even more um, reason to want to beat them. Um, but I mean, I'm I'm not too sure about how Alton are getting on. But um, Hewlett are definitely on the up at the minute. They've um, got some some great players. George Elliott, he actually used to play for the Knights. Um, Danny Elliott, uh, Danny Allen as well, um, and so I, I'm really looking forward to it. For me personally, it's just going to be nice going back to where I used to play after a couple of years of not being there, and um, hopefully the bars open and we all have a couple of beers on a Sunday afternoon. And yeah, I'm I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to this one from a personal perspective. Yeah, I mean this is a tie between two NCL Division One sides as well, which is phenomenal in terms of the way the fact that there's a lot of games between two teams Hunslet Hunslet away for the winner of this tie though so is it a game that you really want to win or is it a game that you're going we don't want to play away league one side at home we'd rather have them away or is it just because it's in the challenge cup you just want to get as far as you can just get as far as you can I think this is something that um it's come it came up in your next interview but just like the challenge cup is like so important to all these teams yeah even though they're in the early rounds and, and to an outsider you might think like what's the point you know what i mean you, you're going to play one maybe two games right at the start of your season it, it doesn't really mean a lot but it does it's it's for the rest of the year a team that makes it into the third round or even a fourth round it goes down in history it, it really does like mean that they get bragging rights so you just want to get as far as you can don't you and, and do do your team proud on and a stage that's going to be watched by a lot rather than just the people in your division yeah 100 percent. and you, you just mentioned there you, you mentioned the phrase do like people that do your team proud and, and doing your team proud and a couple of lads that represented their team really well at the cup draw were um members of staff from the ronda outlaws i spoke to a couple of them at wembley and they were quite quietly confident they could spring a surprise up in hull and are very much looking forward to their trip to the east riding it's a first outing for ronda in the cup since 2020 but they want to go one better and make amends for a heavy defeat away to Barrow Island, as they'll be more prepared this time. Steve Parry and Kobe Green are realistic targets for the Outlaws, with um, Parry being playing a few games for the Outlaws and Kobe Green no longer being under an NRL contract. We could see them in round two. Um, Dockers will be tough to beat, though. They will, they are a tough side. They re- they show just short of promotion to the NCL Premier Division on points difference only. 
their coach picked up the NCL Division One Coach of the Year award, and he knows exactly how to get the most out of his side, does Craig Cook. Um, but for those fans of rugby league expansion, you've got to keep your eye on Ronda throughout 2023. They are, they are like, I think if they were to play West Wales, they'd beat West Wales. Like I know West Wales don't exist now, but last year I think Ronda probably could have done a number over West Wales. Like that's how good this team is developing, and they're just they're really strong. I'm really looking forward to it. Really, really looking forward to it. Um, another team in the next, sort of an expansion area, Jarrow Vikings, a battle in the northeast as um, might and travel from Hull to Newcastle. Um, Warriors versus Vikings. This one. It sounds like a bit of an NFL NBA kind of game, doesn't it? When you read that. Um, yeah. But Mighton are definitely the favourites for this one. Jarrow lost to West Warriors in round one last year, where the Warriors have, whereas Mighton have previously reached as far as the third round. I once watched Mighton Warriors play the Royal Navy down in Portsmouth, and that was a cracking game. I can't remember the result, but they were just so physical, but so friendly, but so skillful. They just had everything, and it was just really, yeah, just perfect. They just looked professional, and the fact that they run so many junior teams as well, their academy must, they just, they must just bring lads through the system every week, and I think that's what you look for in a, tub, in a club like this, especially in the cup. So yeah. if you're in the Newcastle area, any listeners in the Newcastle northeast area, get to Jarrow and watch this game because I think, like I said, fans for ex- of expansion, this is what you need to go and see. That's the the half one game on Sunday, isn't it? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, half past one on the Sunday. So yeah, even even after last, your game, you could game the last game of the round. This one. So if you if you've watched if Hewitt versus. Um, Alton is a, is a televised game. As soon as this is done, get yourself to the northeast or listen to it on the way up or do something if you're if it's if it's able to be lit broadcast anywhere. The next one is my second favourite tie of the round. Maybe not actually. Maybe it's my third. Um, another all Southern Conference League side. We're guaranteed two Southern Conference League sides in round two. Robin, do you know how excited I am when this happened? I was just like, uh-huh. yes, we've got lads in the second round, and I was praying that we draw like both these teams would draw the other two like i was hoping it would be brentwood or bedford versus Chargers or north hearts in the next round because Chargers, despite them winning every game last year they were run close by a lot of teams including bedford who like i said lost close to brentwood but Chargers thrashed brentwood when they played them and it just like this league it might look one-sided when you look at the table but on the pitch these games are really close um a, a game in the capital city it's being it's kicking off at um, half past two at King's House School in Chiswick. Um, that's only because Hammersmith Hills Hoists are playing in Chiswick Rugby Club, where these two teams would usually play at the same time. So if you're in London, watch London Chargers versus North Hearts on one side of the road and then literally take a 30-second walk across the bridge or across the road to go and watch Hammersmith Hills Hoists versus Dublin City Exiles. Two games for the price of none, because it would be probably likely to be free entry for these. But Eric Sims and Adam Sim, a former Bedford Tiger, uh, will march London around the pitch with Nathan O'Connor and Luke Townsend tearing up through the middle of the park off the back of a physical forward pack. But North Hearts will have to keep it tight behind the ruck in order to get the most out of the game. Like I was with Bedford Tigers and, and Gaz Barron, I was very lucky to speak to Deputy Chairman Adam Naylor on how North Hearts have been preparing for their first round tie. Hi Adam, thank you very much for coming on this evening. I appreciate your very busy driving home right now. Um, no problem but at all. First of all, what's it like to be in the Challenge Cup? Obviously, you've been in it before. 
but it, you're backing it now and there's a lot more teams involved isn't there from the region and it, it just feels different this year yeah it does um and it is you know it's always a pleasure to, to take part in in such an amazing competition and it, it's you know you're trying to explain to people who've never really understood the game or don't really understand the the format of it um down here and basically got to explain like it's it is the fa cup of rugby league um and that's really how we've, we've got a lot of interest in that because you know you're trying to not just sell uh, the club and sell the game but actually sell the, the whole comp competition and the prestigiousness behind it um so yeah it's it's amazing to be you know obviously for north arts crusaders we've been going for just over 10 years and this is the second time we've been in the competition it's just you know it's a massive achievement for, for not only ourselves but it, for the game in the south and for all the other clubs um you know obviously you know bedford it's their second time uh brentwood it's, it's their first time and it's, it's just it's brilliant for rugby league in the, in the south because it just shows that it, it's improving and it's growing and it's uh it's just getting bigger and better yeah it certainly is and for you guys, what, what's changed in terms of how you're preparing this year to the first time you're in? Are you training more? Have you have you changed the way you're training? What, what's 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 going on behind the scenes? You don't have to reveal it. You know, I'm a, I'm a rival in terms of the, my Bedford link, but I, I won't say anything to Gaz. <laughs> uh, I think we've we've learned we've learned a lot from uh, the first time we we're in it. We learned about the intensity needed. We learned about. Um, even just the mental preparation going into it you know we know we know what the game's all about we know that um and obviously knowing what we know about charges and that they are going to be a, a really strong team you know they, they uh, won most of their games um in the scl last year um we, we ran them relatively close in one of our games so the game's there for for, for the win um and you know we, we are preparing to win um uh, the, the preparations so far have been good um, we would have liked more players down, um, in, in, in all honesty, but I think everybody's in the same position being in the middle of the union season. I think people are still committed to uh, the 15th man game, but the preparation has been good. Tony's uh, sessions have been, you know, really, really good and insightful. And um, you know, the guys are the guys are fit as well. They're, they're ready to go. So it, it, it's been good. That's good to hear. And like you said, you've already mentioned charges. You played them before. There's history there. In on the field, yeah. is it is it is it like you said? It's win you, you see it as a winnable game, and that, that I suppose that's the difference for when you played. I believe it was the RAF the first time you were in the competition, going against someone you know yeah. rather than coming up against unknown opposition. Yeah, I mean the RAF were were completely unknown to us, um, but we we did. You know they knew they were in a game, uh, and the thing is with Chris, you've got to prepare for every game to win, um, and and that's what Tony does really really well. Gets us the mindset. We're not we're not scared of anybody. Um, in in that game in the the RAF, um, it, it could have been you know it could have been a game that we we got through, but uh, the RAF were, were just too strong for us on the day. Um, you know we didn't win, but it's it's given us the hunger to um, you know to, to progress one round further this time. Yeah, we've we've kind of already mentioned that there's plenty of SCL teams in the competition this year. Yourselves, you're going up yeah. against London Chargers. Bedford Tigers going up against Brentwood. Just a quick word on you from the the other All SCL game. Um, Gaz has gone with his head, and he thinks that Chargers are out because they, we just know they're so strong. But in his heart, he would love you guys to go through. So he's very much torn on where he wants to go. You you can hurt my feelings if you like, Adam. But who would you prefer to see in that well, second round? I don't mind hurting your feelings. But I don't <laughs> want to hurt hurt Gaz's. But um, I don't know. It, it's 
it's tough because you know I'd, I'd love to see see Bedford go through, um, mainly because next round up against Wathbrow, my my old local rivals, it'd be good to to, to see you guys against uh, NCL Premier opposition. Um, the same time Brentwood, you know they they've they've improved massively this season. Um, nobody probably really expected them to get through to the playoffs in the SCL this year. Um, you know, I, I certainly didn't, and that's no disrespect to them. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's great to see how they've improved from, you know, being being polite to them. They, they were always the bottom of, of the East Premier League. Uh, or, you know, they, they were never the team that were, were the strongest. To see how they've improved is, is incredible. So, been, I know I've been very diplomatic on the answer, but you know, I, I can't really call the Bedford Brentwood game because it is it is tight. Um, but you know, I'm just excited that SCL teams are going to get through to the second round. Um, and you know, I'll be looking. You know, as soon as our boys come off the pitch, I'll be looking for the uh, Brentwood Bedford score because that'll be uh, that'll be an interesting one to say the least. Yeah, there'll be bragging rights between a few clubs this season after these challenge challenge Definitely. cup fixtures have been played. Going back to your Crusaders side, is are there any like standout players for people really to look out for and who might not have come along before and are looking for a shirt number to follow? Or if if, the, if that squad's not picked and you're not sure who's going to be wearing a certain number, some names that you can throw out for people to just keep an eye on. Um, I mean, the one the, the main name for me is um, is Callum Hall. He, he won our Man of Steel uh, last year and, he, and he, he was consistently strong running down the left edge uh, last season and you know he'll terrorise any team uh, he really will he's a, a solid runner um, you know he, he runs off Ollie uh, Ollie Adams really well they, them two link up really well on the pitch um, but you know everybody you've got Glenn Hughes coming back with a, with an absolute bang at the minute um, he's been enjoying his union coming back from a um, a, a pretty nasty knee injury and he's looking strong he's looking quick so there's, there's players all over the pitch and uh, that's the one thing I love about Crusaders is, is the, the, the team ethic and teamwork that we put in you know there's, there's never really any outstanding players but they're all outstanding players together um, look we've got the likes of Joe Hall coming back to us this year as well which is which is great news uh, he's had a couple of trials at Midlands Hurricane he played a couple of trial games at Newcastle Thunder in the championship um, you know that they haven't worked out for one reason or other, but he's he, he's going to bring so much to our team uh, and, and so much to our club this season. So, yeah, we're really excited. Even like you know, young Delhi on the wing, he he was on fire last year, scoring tries for the club. And yeah, I, I could go through the entire seventeen and be excited about every single player, um, but I'm sure we haven't got all night. <laughs> uh, no, I don't. I've actually got, like you said, like I said before, I've got to shoot off. I've got such a busy busy evening as well. Um, last question, a little bit of a fun one. If the stars were to align and yep. you saw yourself in the round three draw, yep. championship club at home or away, and if so, which club? Whitehaven at home, every every time. I was born born and brought up watching Whitehaven. Um, the you know the LEL Arena, as it's now called, it used to be the old recreation ground. You know Tony's played there before. Uh, Ollie Turner's played there before. And it's a horrible place to go on a wet weekend in in February, um, so it'd have to be a home game. Um, <laughs> and, and you know, to, to play a team like White, well, for, for our boys, obviously I don't play anymore, but for our boys to play a team like Whitehaven would be would be incredible. 
Yeah, really, really would. My, my sister's actually paid for to have my name put like stitched into the sublimation of the shirts this year for some reason. <laughs> they're, they're doing that with all the fans and like all my family's names are in there, which is which is great. But it, it's a team I was brought up watching. Um, you know, some some of the players like you know Clayton, Fred, Reg done. I was just brought up watching these players and from five years old. And yeah, to get a team like them would just be you know, the absolute dream. No, that's it's doable. It's you know, it's doable. It's doable. It's doable. Yeah, I mean, West, West Warriors beat, yeah. West Warriors win their first round game. You get them guys, and then like you know that's a winnable game as well because it's a team in the same league, and like it's just it would just be absolutely fantastic to see a few of us from the SEL in in that third round. Um, thank you very much for joining Definitely. me, Adam. Really appreciate it. Get no, yourself get yourself home, and I'm sure I'll see you throughout the summer. So that was um, Adam Nader there talking about North Hearts Crusaders' chances and. That comment there about if the stars aligned, he'd want Whitehaven, he wants Bedford to beat Brentwood because he wants to see his old Cumbrian rivals come down and play. Like he's, It's nice to see, although these teams are rivals on the pitch, they all support, they're all they kind of supporting each other off the pitch at the same time, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's, what, that's the impression I get from that Southern League where you're all kind of really just trying to boost the game as a whole in the area. Um, yeah, and it's funny, isn't it, how like just a moment ago you were talking about how you were hoping that the stars will align and two two teams from the same division will play each other just to get your boys further in the cup. And yeah. Everybody's got these little storylines and things they'd like to see in the cup, and that's what makes it so magic. And I think what what I'm really starting to understand about the Challenge Cup is how highly valued it is, like I was saying, for these teams in the early rounds. And I think that actually that's something that I, IMG really need to appreciate when, when they are starting to make decisions about the game, just to make sure it's protected and to, to keep everyone involved and like everyone at this level engaged yeah. because it would be a shame if they were to neglect that and sort of write it off as they didn't really understand what it meant and a lot of people became really disenfranchised because I think it's I think it's really important to, to, to unite the, the game as a whole. Yeah, 100%. It's, it's so nice to see how these teams support each other. They want to boost the game in the South. Both, both like North Hearts, London Chargers and... Hammersmith they don't want to be League One sides they're happy where they are they don't want to have to compete but I think London Chargers will miss Jared Bassett a lot more this year as well um no actually he might have been from I might have even got these wrong where he might have been a West Warriors player but Chargers have lost a few lads to League One side Malachi Lloyd-Jones has left uh, Todd Pugh has left these guys have gone to join London Scholars in League One so the, their team won't be the same wow. But they're very yeah. good at bringing lads over from Australia, getting them jobs. They're they're here league. They're allowed to play because the way the way it works. So they could just bring lads in, but it will be slightly different. And with it being February, are these lads even over to work yet in the summer? A lot of them go home over Christmas and might not come back till March, April time. So it's whether yeah. like this London Chargers team were beatable last year. They were, they, but they were unbeaten. So it, it's it's really really interesting. The next game, I think, I've got a strong connection to one of the teams in the next game we're going to talk about, um, and that's the Royal Navy. Having lived in Portsmouth for the for a year, followed their story for a few seasons, been to three of their cup games in the last, or maybe four of their cup games in the last five or six seasons. This is really, really, this is just a game that I find quite, quite nice to look at. Um, it's the longest journey of the first round, uh, three hundred and thirty miles just to arrive at Burnaby Road for the Bar for Barrow Island down to Portsmouth. Um, so the Islanders will go are going to have to get rid of them, I would say sea legs, but they don't, they kind of want them if they're down in, on the coast, but they have to get, have to make sure their legs are strong after that tr um, journey. The Royal Navy, 
arguably the strongest of the services. They're going to be tough to beat. Um, Darren Bamford, who unfortunately we couldn't speak to this time, but we will speak to at some point during the rest of the season, will continue to instill that winning mentality in his side. But despite the Royal Navy being the bookies' favourites, they're not going to want. They're not going to approach games with any form of complacency. So it's tough. Barrow Island, obviously, Robin, you can see there. They want. They want a repeat of that big win back in twenty twenty, don't they? Yeah, definitely. It's quite quite exciting. They've both had like relative success in the cup. So one of the legacies is going to come to an end. Um, but yeah, it's, you can't get around that kind of a journey, 230 miles. I wonder if they'll stay overnight in Portsmouth, you know, drive down the day before. Yeah, you kind of hope Definitely that they it's do. It's not worth considering. Yeah, well, it's a half one kickoff. So I, it, by the sounds of that, it does seem like they're going to travel down on a Friday night. But half one yeah. seems really early. Even if you're traveling late, you're going to be getting there late on Friday night. You kind of, I was kind yeah. of hoping that would be a bit of a later one, but... We'll see how we see how that goes. Um, Might be a bit jet lag. Yeah, it could there could be a bit of a jet lag, especially if they choose to fly. Uh, <laughs> um, Skirly, is it Skirly Skirlow? You know how to say this. Skirlow Skir versus West Warriors. Skirlow. Um, versus West. You've got you've got to say it in that accent, in you, for it to sound like it sounds proper. Um, West Warriors could not have asked for a tougher draw. I don't think. I really don't think they could have. Uh, they are a strong outfit in the Summer Conference League, but this is one of the strongest teams in the National Conference League outside of the Premier Division. They missed out on a playoff win against Wigan St. Pats, and they want to they get back in the top division. But West have got talent on their own, and Sam Griffiths and Kieran Pointer, two players that I've seen run rings around teams, and I think will run, a, maybe not as many rings, but they might run a, run a ring or two around the team from West, uh, the east of Yorkshire. Yeah, again, it's like an interesting matchup, isn't it? Two two like successful teams in their own respective divisions that wouldn't have a chance to play each other in any other competition. It's a good chance for, um, you know, West Warriors and the competitions of a whole just to mm -hmm. measure themselves up and see how they're getting on when you compare themselves to um, an NCL team like Skirla. Yeah, and I mean you've, I don't, sorry, I don't know if you went to the game last year where West Warriors played York Acorn, but. That was that was a pretty decent fixture between the two sides, from what I've heard, and they yeah. they gave York Acorn a little bit of a worry in the opening stages of that game. So you don't know if they might be able to do that again this time around. Yeah, let's let's hope let's hope it's a good competitive match. Yeah, I I said earlier on that Brentwood versus Bedford was the tie of the round for me, but I think the tie of the round for the whole of rugby league is certainly Stanningley versus Milford. It's West Yorkshire versus West Yorkshire. It's Leeds versus Leeds. It's Stanley versus Milford. <coughs> Sorry, I've, I don't know how else you can sell the game. There's, well, that's it. It's all you need to say. It's a, it's a bit like when we had the two um, for, armed forces coming together in, in last year's um, Challenge Cup. It's just like brilliant. What a fantastic look of the draw! Like these two, these two t like teams have played each other countless times. They probably half of them, you know, they'll know each other. They'll some of them might have been to school together. There's all those kind of rivalries that will be going on. So, yeah, this this one will be well attended and a, and a proper um, Challenge Cup fixture. Yeah, it certainly will. I mean, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones Bishop will be lost for Milford. He's gone to Cornwall. Um, but Daniel Barco from Stanningley has been snapped up by Hunslet. So both these teams will be missing players from, from their t last season. But I don't think that's going to deter either of them. 
they're going to be rewarded with a trip to Thornhill or Fryston, and round three is probably going to be on the cards for both these sides. That well, or for whoever wins this tie, don't you? Maybe protect, like, and if they get lucky, this is the, one of these two teams will probably be, depending on their draw, will likely be one of the furthest teams from the community game in the competition. Yeah, so there's so much up for grabs. They've just got to get over that like first hurdle of yeah. defeating, you know, each other. Yeah, definitely. So. Uh, West Bowling versus Wards ahead. I'm not familiar with these two teams, so I won't pretend like I am. But James Perk of England Community Lions star will be the key man for Wards ahead as they travel to Bradford uh, to play a West Bowling side just one division above them. Uh, West Bowling will be hoping that their continued experience in the early rounds will be enough for them as they try and secure a second round match away to Lock Lane, which is another West Yorkshire derby. Uh, fans of both of these clubs will believe they can reach the next round, and I don't believe that either team winning will be a shock. I don't make predictions on teams I don't know, so I won't predict a winner, but I think whoever wins this game is likely to win it by less than 10 points, maybe even like 6 or 8 points is the is still going to be the winning margin here. If, it is, if it's a blowout to West Bowling, I also wouldn't be surprised because they do play one division above Waterhead, and it's one of them where you just, you just don't know where things no, are going to lie. There's always upsets in the cup, and like this is the sort of fixture where a team that's, you know, thinks they're coming up against a, a team in the division <coughs> and sort of takes it for granted a little bit might come unstuck. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's just I just love the cup. I just love it. Um, I don't really know a lot about the next two teams that we're going to talk about either. I don't know if you do. Uh, Westgate Common and Crossfields. It's, yeah, I don't really know. Uh, on paper, Crossfields are three divisions above Westgate because of how the Yorkshire Men's League falls below the NCL. But mm. the Yorkshire Men's League Premier Division is probably not that far off NCL 1, NCL 2. If you, When you think about it, some of these teams just don't necessarily want to play in that higher level, do they? Yeah, and, and like the, the, the changeover of, of players happens so often that a team can quite easily be caught out in the wrong division at the start of the year, which is yeah the situation we're in. So yeah, it's, it's very difficult. Yeah, really. Difficult. And we said right at the start, if we're going to start with a good game, we're going to end with a good game. This is a battle between two teams in the WN postcode, and it's in, a, in an all Wigan affair. Inthrow's Bridge travel to Wigan St Pat's, like. It's mental. St. Pat's finished second in the NCL Division 1, but Inns Bridge got to the semi-finals of that playoff system. Based on league form, St. Pat's are the favourites, but like you said, with most community sides, one big loss, a few tweaks, just turns that tide in favour of the other team. I think this one is another game that could be won by less than two converted tries. Yeah, just another another kind of Stanley Milford, um, St. Pat's, Inns Bridge, or two just like fantastic cup games that will decide the bragging rights in yeah. that in those towns for the rest of the year. <laughs> the rest of the year, yeah. Like if if we can if Intros Bridge win this, they'll have the bragging rights over St Pat's until they meet in a in a playoff game potentially later in the season. But this is the second of the two televised games. <coughs> Sorry, I've I've got a really bad cough tonight. Apologies, everybody. Um, but this is another one of those televised games at half past two, and I believe you can watch that on the Sportsman. Um, I th we've, we've come to the end of the Challenge Cup round, first round sort of walkthrough, and we, I think we'll be hearing from Gaz and um, Adam potentially later in the, in the year. As we were recording this, I just remembered that 
it's the rescheduled Women's Community Lions game this weekend and I just want to put a massive shout out to a load of the players from the Women's Super League South who have managed to get themselves selected for that so let's just find the squad because I have it here um, those from the Super League South um, Courtney um, Treco from London Broncos Ella Donnelly from the Army Jenna Greening from the Army Kai Glynn from the Army both those two players recently signed for Leeds Rhinos which is really good for them Kay Selby, Katie Wallace and Curtis Griffiths from the London Broncos um, as well as Sue Newman from the Broncos but on a personal level I just want to massively congratulate Chloe Alcorn, Siobhan Drummond and Nikki Gross from the Bedford Tigers who will be representing their country this weekend and the fact that Bedford Tigers men team have got a Challenge Cup game means that I can't get to this fixture and I'm absolutely devastated so if you're in the St Helens area um, at the home of Pilkington Rex then do get down to this game and, and go and watch it because it's going to be absolutely outstanding, I think. I think it's going to be a really, really fun game to go and watch. Um, but I don't think Pilkington Rex are in the in the competition, which is a shame. So any Pilkington Rex fans, get down and, and watch that game. Because, oh, they are. Sorry, they're in the, they are in the, they've got a, they've, they're straight into the second round because, you know, they're an NCL Prem side. Um, but if you're around the St. Helens area, get yourself to watch this game. I really, really cannot wait for this weekend of rugby. I'm so excited, and I'm getting a new tattoo on Sunday. Well, it's all going up for Bradley, it's just, isn't it? It's just mad. It's crazy. And I got a new job last week as well. Just, mm. just, just on the uh, the women's game, how about Amy, Amy Highcastle going to Leeds Rhinos? Yeah, I think Leeds have put out some, made some cracking signings. I mean, Jenna Greening, Kai Glynn, and there was one more, uh, Beth Dainton all fantastic players and as for them three to start for sign for Leeds I'm really happy for them because they deserve it they've put the effort in and they deserve it from a Bedford Tigers point of view thank god thank god they're not playing the next competition anymore because <laughs> I genuinely I, I'm so glad to see the back of them because they run rings around <laughs> us and we, maybe Bedford Tigers have got a little bit more of a chance against the army this year. I don't know. Maybe that's that's what they needed. Maybe they needed Leeds to come and purchase these or sign these girls up to a contract. But it's. I think this just shows that we've got so many teams from the south of England in the Challenge Cup, but we've also got players in the Community Lions system playing for the, the women's squad. You don't get that in the men's game. No, and we're seeing that sort of conveyor belt in action all the way up to the to the top level is, is quite exciting to see yeah it is I don't I just there's so much to talk about and we just don't have the time but we will discuss a lot more of how the Southern Conference League and the game is in the south is growing later in the year we'll have inter-services cup chat um, in a few months time we'll break down a lot of the competitions that sort of come out but as we've mentioned Brody Croft's big big contract is the main talking point off the field this week <coughs> sorry again i just can't get rid of this cough um but challenge cup first round weekend the season i know the challenge i know the championship started last weekend robin but for me the season hasn't started yet it's starting this week this is the season this, this is where this it is it this is where it counts this is where knockout rugby league is back exactly knockout rugby league is what we like like i said it's been it's been around 80 days since samoa beat uh since samoa lost to australia at the world cup and I'm just buzzing for it. I really, really am, and I can't wait for the second round. I can't wait for the first. I can't wait for any of the rounds, and 
be the be at a game. If you if you're not at a game of rugby league this weekend, or you're not at a community game of rugby league this weekend, you better have a bloody ex- good excuse as to why you're not at one because there's so many exciting games and I can't wait. Is there? And if you are at a game, take a hit us up. Yeah, take some pictures. We yeah. want to know. We want to know what games you're what at, which players impressed you because we will try and speak to some impressive players next week. I'll see if we can have a word with some of them. I can't get rid of this. Um cough that I've got Robin I really do apologise um, I don't think I've got a drink no I've got no drink um, is there anything I've missed I've, I'm so distracted by my throat I've, I've, is there anything I've missed we've covered it all I think like I can honestly say that that, that was the most in-depth round one challenge cup preview that you will find anywhere <laughs> to get two interviews and break down every single fixture I'm really proud of us. I think we've done a good job there, mate. Yeah, I think I think we have done a good job. I, I'm real. I'm and you know what? I'm going to go through the Challenge Cup games now in order, and I'm going to predict all your winners. So if you're listening, <laughs> write this down and see how many we get right. And you know what? I'm going to write it down as well. Eighteen games. It's Eighteen yeah, games. And if I win there, if I if I get if I get more than half, all right. I'm. <laughs> we're not doing predictions again this year. If you I get more than half. No, 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 no. Uh, Bedford Tigers are going to win that one. The Army are going to win that one. Let's go. Distinct. Oh, I don't know. Oh, this is a tough one. Uh, oh, um, Distinction are going to win that one. Just because I like them. The oh, this is a tough one and all. Uh, Doncaster are going to win that one. Donny. Saddleworth are going to go up to Edinburgh and beat Edinburgh, I think. I think, uh, despite oh, the travel... Poor Edinburgh, I'm sorry. Um, two, two, two like home fixtures in the Challenge Cup, you'd be rubbing your hands together, but no. <laughs> Featherstone Lions are going to beat the police. Um, ooh. Uh, Thornhill Trojans are going to beat uh, Fryston. Uh, Hammersmith are going to beat Dublin. Hewitt are going to win, just for you. Uh, Hull Dockers are going to beat Ronda. Jarrow versus Mighton. Mighton are going to win that one. I think just because of the they play at that higher level. I'm really sorry, Adam. I do love you, and I, I I get on, and I really want North Parts to win with another being another East of England team. But I just can't look past the Chargers. They, they beat Egremont Rangers last year in a really cracking game, and they're just going to be really really good. Barrow won't get that journey out of their legs. The Royal Navy are going to beat them. Um, the, the West Warriors are going to lose. I don't want to say the team name. I'm going to say it wrong again. Um, oh, this is the only one I don't want to predict. Skirla. Yeah, they're going to win. Um, <laughs> this one I don't know. I really don't know because this is this is the toughest game of the round to predict. Um, that one I pointed at one and I scrolled and it didn't work. Uh, tell me when to stop. Now, Stanley are going to win that one. <laughs> I kind of just kind of just moved my finger around the screen a little bit and whichever one I was closest to um, was the winner uh, West Bowling are going to win that one <laughs> I am guessing now yeah I am uh, Champions of the Yorkshire Men's League Crossfields won NCL Division 2 Crossfields are going to win that one and last but not least whoa, Wiggins and Fats are going to win that one Imagine I if I if I get all these right, um, I'm gonna retire. 
Join us next week to find out. <laughs> yeah. Prophetic or pathetic. Join us next week to find out if I predicted any of those right. And do you know what? Just to rub it in, Halifax are going to beat Featherstone and York are going to beat Bradford. There you go. 20, 20 games. Brad's predicted 20 games. And I'm going to get them all right. <laughs> that's never gonna happen. It is. It is you, got, you got the outfits right. Yeah. Well, I said that last week, and they still lost to witness. But never mind. Um, thank you very much for joining us, everybody. Um, I've been Brad. That's been Robin. We've been the Biff Rugby Podcast. Thank you very much to both Adam and Gaz for joining me this week. Brought to you by Swinging Arms and Shoulder Charges. We'll be back probably next week when we talk Super League Round One and see if i got those predictions right um thank you very much for joining us don't forget to subscribe like comment you can listen to this podcast on spotify amazon music or apple podcasts and we will see you soon thank you very much everyone and goodbye <laughs>